Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. And welcome to this episode of The Professional. <laughs> it's been so long I know. since I recorded an episode in this room. I don't remember how to do things. I know. It's crazy. I... Okay. Okay. I got it. Hold on. I got no, it. it's fine. Welcome to this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Jill. I can see you. I can see your face in person through, through a glass wall still because we are both literally in studio. We are in the office and but we also can't sit. We're not sitting next to each other so we can socially distance. It's very tiny rooms very tiny rooms and we have i'm i'm surrounded by three ludicrously expensive microphones and i am using headphones because nothing is set up for a pandemic which it's okay we're dreaming on a budget but if we sound slightly different from each other because jill has a, a good microphone and i'm using headphones but it, we tested it i think it sounds okay yeah so um we're gonna cobble ourselves too. this what are we doing today jill it's our August books episode. Yay. Yay. So and, there was, for, and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> so for new listeners, um, you are not familiar with our monthly book picks. We always give a preview of books that are coming out in the following month that we are excited for. So this is August, 2021. Wow. 2021. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. I don't know what's happening right now. No, we're doing great. Everyone, this content. <laughs> this is good, solid content. Um, so yeah, we will go back and forth. You don't need to worry about writing the books down. We will have them in our show notes. So don't worry about that. If you hear anything that sounds good, you can just click the links in our show notes and uh, you'll be able to get them right there. Also, we don't tell each other our books. We'll go back and forth. I think you just said that. Um, if you want more book recommendations or just some good quality professional book nerds content, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We are doing TikToks and Reels almost every day at this point, having fun, uh, and yeah, tweeting out book recommendations, all that good stuff. That's all the places we're at. Or you can go to professionalbooknews.com and see all of our episodes. You can find all of our author interviews that we've ever done, all of our recommendations. It's a nice little search bar up there. You can search for an author or a keyword, and they'll all pop up that match. Um. Also, just behind the scenes, if you're a librarian and you're coming to Digipalooza next week, it's going to be super exciting and fun. Uh, Jill and I just did like the staging setup for how we're going to be doing our interview with Andy Weir. And I feel like that's like partially also what's throwing us off. We were just doing that. Now we're in these rooms that we haven't really spent any time in. It's all happening. Yeah. Is that everything? I think that's it. Okay. Um, how many books did you pick? Eight. Okay, you're going to start because I have seven. Okay. Um, my first one that I'm going to talk about is A Slow Fire Burning by Paula Hawkins. 
Um, Paula Hawkins is, of course, the girl on the train author who was like runaway bestseller. And now she's back with another one. So this is about a young man who is found gruesomely murdered in a London houseboat. And when his body is discovered, it um, triggers questions about three women who knew him. There was Laura, who is the troubled one night stand last seen in his home. Carla is his grief stricken aunt already mourning the recent death of yet another family member. Miriam is the nosy neighbor, clearly keeping secrets from the police. Gotta love those nosy neighbors. Uh So these three women um, all have separate connections to the victim, but they are for different reasons, simmering with resentment. And so who, who are they, whether they know it or not, they're burning right the wrongs done to them. And when it comes to revenge, even good people might be capable of terrible deeds. So it's got a cool cover too. It does have a very cool cover. Also, when you were talking about growing a train, you called it a runaway bestseller. Uh-huh. And that immediately popped in that song in my head, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. Totally not so, intentional. I know. Just, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, the Paul Hawkins book looks so good. Um, previous guest on the podcast, Paul Hawkins. Jill interviewed her a while back, um, which is something you could find easily at professionalbooknerds.com. Didn't you? Wasn't that you or is that me? I don't remember. One of us interviewed Paul Hawkins. My first one is The People We Keep by Allison Larkin. Uh, so this sounds phenomenal. It is set in New York in 1994. Our main character's name is April Sawicki. April lives in a motorless motorhome that her father won in a poker game. Um, she's failing out of school and picking up shifts at a diner and left to kind of fun for herself. She ends up borrowing, in quotations, her neighbor's car to perform at an open mic night and realizes her life could be much bigger than where she came from. So after she has a fight with her dad, she picks up her stuff and moves for good, setting off on a journey to Ithaca. And when she gets to Ithaca, her only plan is to survive. But as she looks for work, she tends to, she meets all these kindred spirits at a cafe, which is a local coffee shop. And um, they just tend to fall in love with this friendship that they all have and what it means for them. And so it seems like a book that is very specific in chronicling these relationships with people which is very much what I have been reading a whole bunch of this year and realizing that um, as I still am not seeing too many people uh, the ability to read about relationships has been very cathartic for me so that's uh, The People We Keep by Allison Larkin. Uh, my next one is The Turnout by Megan Abbott which I've discussed before but finally y'all can read it which makes me very excited. This is the challenge with advanced copies. I always appreciate mm-hmm. them and then no one reads them can read them for like nine months and it's the worst. So this is um, Megan Abbott is back with a new novel set in a family run ballet studio. It is about two daughters, uh, Marie and Dara, who have taken over their family's ballet studio um, after their, the death of their parents in a a accident. And um, they're very close. they live together. Dar's husband, Charlie, you know, lives with them too. They still live in the same house they grew up in and weird things. There's like a, um, fire at the, um, ballet studio. And it's sort of all while there is rehearsals for the nutcracker happening, which is always like, you know, drama inducing, like nutcracker is always like the big thing when it comes to ballet studios. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there's this fire, there has to be a construction and it brings in a new person into this like tight little circle of, of Dara, Marie and Charlie and, um, you know, tensions happen and things happen. And I'll just say that it's a Megan Abbott book. So it's a Megan Abbott book. You can, you can guess, but that's the turnout. 
Uh, my next one is Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. Uh, I interviewed Ash a couple weeks ago. She will be on the podcast uh, at some point in August. I don't remember specifically which day. Uh, Damnation Spring is an awesome book. It is about a Pacific Northwest logging town. And the, this family who's lived there, this husband and wife, they have a, a young son. They lived there for generations. And the main character's name is Rich. And his family, um, he basically is able to take a chance and buy this huge ridge of forest that, uh, or sorry, this huge grove of forest that he'd be able to cut down these massive redwood trees. And because of the size of them, he would basically go set up his family for life if he has the ability to cut them down. And so he kind of risks his, his family's life savings to purchase this ridge. And along the same time, his wife has been trying to have another child and keeps having miscarriages. And um, she works as a midwife and is trying to figure out what is going on. And she's lost several pregnancies. And what they end up realizing is for decades, there's been herbicides that have been used by the logging company. And while they were told that they were harmless, it ended up being that they are in fact extremely harmful. So it's these kind of dual stories of the husband working to create a future in the logging industry for his family and the wife trying to figure out um, all these issues that are going out with the herbicides. Uh, it's really, really fantastic. It's so well researched. Um, I won't tell you much about the interview except that Ash told me she left on the cutting room for a half a million words. What? Yeah, that is the exact thing I said too. Um, for context, for people, an average book length might be, I don't know, 120,000 words, maybe. maybe That's even high. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she left a half a million words on the cutting room floor. It's like a and whole like, other book. That's like two other books. It's like two other books. Yeah. So, but the book is phenomenal. It's a debut, and I think everyone's really, really gonna love it. So, it's Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. My next one is The Heart Principle by Helen Hong. So, this is about a violinist, Anna. She achieves accidental kind of career success with a viral YouTube video, and then she sort of, you know, burns herself out trying to replicate it. And so then her longtime boyfriend announces he wants an open relationship before making a final commitment. Girl, run. But um, <laughs> she is hurt and angry and decides that if he wants an open relationship, then she does too, which means she embarks on the string of one night stands. What? That was so funny. And I'm trying to be quiet while you give your thing. True. So it's true. I know. I love. I just anyone love in a relationship. If your partner is like, you know what? Before I want to marry you, I want to have an open relationship, and you're not okay with an open relationship, break up with them. Oh, that was just. I just really break like recording near just each other. Break up with them. <laughs> you don't need that. Don't need that. Open relationships are totally fine. You know that is a totally a cool thing. But this sounds more like I want to cheat on you with your permission, and yeah. so. Of course, <laughs> back to the book. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep going, Joe. I'm sorry. Right. So she decides that she's going to embark on a string of one night stands. The more unacceptable the men, the better. And that's where tattooed motorcycle riding Quan comes in. Their first attempt at a one night stand fails, as does their second and their third, because being with him is more than sex. He accepts Anna on an unconditional level that she has just started to understand herself. However, when tragedy strikes Anna's family, she takes on a role that is ill-suited for her until the burden of expectations threatens to destroy her. Anna and Quan have to fight for their chance at love, but to do that, they also have to fight for themselves. So I think it turns out okay for Anna in the end. I'm just saying. 
I don't know. It was like you had such like flawless timing with your commentary, and I was like trying to let you get your description out. I was just like giggling like the little kid over here. It's delightful. Sorry, call him like I see it. Uh, no apologies needed. You're absolutely right. Um, my next one is Eddie in Between by Laura Simpson. Have you seen the cover for this yet? What is it called? Eddie in Between. It's E D I E in between there's also a copy of it on my, on my desk which you can look at oh, but oh i see why you're bringing this to my attention yeah in fact i said i don't it, know how i missed this one it's pretty far down the list okay. but um it is a modern day practical magic uh and man this book is so delightful so the main character's name is eddie and it's a year after eddie's mother died but um the ghost of eddie's mother is still around and that's is because it eddie or is it edie Oh, it's probably Edie. I think you're right. Edie. Okay. I, yeah, Edie. No, you're, I think you're right. Edie in between. It also flows off the tongue better. Oh, that's um, so Edie's mother passed away, but her ghost never left. And what ends up happening is Edie is really reluctant to accept the fact that her family has this local legacy as witches. And her mom's journal like enters her life from when she was a teenager. And it takes Edie on this like, scavenger hunt to find all these objects that once belonged to her mom. Every single one of those objects has like memories from her mom's past that she gets to experience. Almost like Horcruxes, but from a positive standpoint. Oh, cool. um, and Edie then ends up discovering like the, the dark secret behind their family's practice and just oh, so good. It's so fantastic. Um, there's occult stuff, there's tarot, there's wonderful journaling, there's everything going on in this. And the cover is just delightful. It's so fun. So that's, and I think you're right, Edie in Between by Laura Simpson. Um, my next one is Velvet Was the Night by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Um, Sylvia, of course, wrote Mexican Gothic, was, which was my favorite book um, last year. And I'm going to apologize in advance because I don't actually know how to pronounce correctly the um, protagonist's first name. It's spelled M-A-I-T-E. So I don't know if it's mate or mate. T sounds maybe correct. Mm. Anyway, um, T is a secretary who lives for one thing, the latest issue of Secret Romance. While student protests and political unrest consume the city, T escapes into stories of passion and danger. Her next door neighbor, Lenora, a beautiful art student, seems to live a life of intrigue and romance that Mati envies. When Lawrence appears under suspicious circumstances, Mati finds herself searching for the missing woman and journeying deeper into Lenora's secret life of student radicals and dissents. Meanwhile, someone else is looking for Lenora at the behest of his boss, a shadowy figure who commands goon squads dedicated to squashing political activists. Elvis is an eccentric criminal, who longs to escape his own life. He loves violence and loves old movies and rock and roll. But as Elvis searches for the missing woman, he watches Mati from a distance and comes to regard her as a kindred spirit who shares his love of music and the unspoken loneliness of his heart. Now, as they come closer to discovering the truth behind Lenore's disappearance, they can no longer escape the danger that threatens to consume their lives with hitmen, government agents, and Russian, and Russian spies all aiming to protect Lenore's secrets at gunpoint. That's going to be so good. Right. It sounds very sort of like noir. Um, again, 1970s Mexico City. Uh, Sylvia Mexican Gothic was the 1950s in Mexico. So I'm very excited for this one. Mm -hmm. uh, my next one is The Perfect Place to Die by Bryce Moore. Uh, just a heads up, folks. I got a couple of horror books here. It's August. We're talking pretty spooky season. So this one, it's described as Jack, Jack the Ripper meets Devil in the White City. Uh, so there's two sisters, Zaretta and Ruby, 
and they live in Utah. And Ruby travels to Chicago during the World's Fair and disappears. So Zaretta leaves home to try and find her. You said Chicago? Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it is the 1890s in Chicago when it is the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Zaretta is going to find her sister Ruby. She then travels to Chicago doesn't know where to start until she learns that her sister's last place of employment was a mysterious hotel known as the Castle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zaretta takes a job there hoping to learn more, and you're never going to believe it, but a whole bunch of horrifying things happen in this hotel. And in the end, she finds herself up against one of the most infamous mass murderers in American history and his custom-built death trap. I am excited for this one. The Perfect Place to Die by Bryce Moore. Seriously, man. Good old another Chicago's World Fair. Another great cover, too. A lot of good covers this one. Uh, my next one is If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy. Julie Murphy, of course, is the author of Dumplin'. And now we have Plus Size Cinderella. Hell Do yeah. I really need to tell you any more about that? I mean, this is about Cindy. She loves shoes, a well-placed bow, or chic stacked heels, her form of self-expression. As a fashion-obsessed plus woman, she can never find designer clothes that work for her body, but a special pair of shoes always fits just right. When a shiny new design with a shiny new design degree, but no job in sight, Cindy moves back in with her stepmother, Erica Tremaine. Excellent use of the last name from the Disney movie. Um, the executive producer of the world's biggest dating reality show. <laughs> when a contestant on Before Midnight bows out at the last minute, Cindy is thrust into the spotlight. Showcasing her killer shoe collection on network TV seems like a great way to jumpstart her career. And while she's at it, why not go on a few lavish dates with an eligible suitor? But being the first and only fat contestant on Before Midnight turns turns her into a viral sensation and a body positivity icon overnight. Even harder to believe, she can actually see herself falling for this Prince Charming. To make it to the end, despite the fans, the haters, and a house full of fellow contestants she's not sure she can trust, Cindy will have to take a leap of faith and hope her heels and her heart don't break in the process. Oh. Plus size Cinderella on a reality TV show. Damn, that, that sounds so good. <sighs> Love it. Uh, my next one is The Manning Tree Witches by A.K. Blakemore. That's right. Pre-spooky season also means a bunch of books about witches. Uh, England, 1643, puritanical fervor has gripped the nation, and in Manningtree, a town depleted of men since the wars began, the hot terror of damnation burns in the hearts of women left to their own devices. Rebecca West, fatherless and husbandless, chafes against the drudgery of her days, livened only occasionally by her infatuation with the handsome young clerk, John Eads. Uh, but then a newcomer, Matthew Hopkins, arrives. A mysterious, pious figure, dressed from head to toe in black, who identifies himself as the Witch Finder General. He takes over the Thorn Inn and begins to ask questions about what the women of the margins of this diminished community are up to. Dangerous rumors of covens, packs, and, bo- and bodily wants have begun to hang over women like Rebecca, and the future is as frightening as it is thrilling. This literally just sounds like uh, English version of the Salem Witch Trials and a person who sounds very much like Cotton Mather. Super hope he gets his comeuppance. Also, the cover of this is another one that would be very much up your alley uh, as an FYI, Joe. I think I saw that on my, I saw it and decided not to put it on my list. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's The Matting Tree Witches by A.K. Blakemore. No, so as soon as you saw the author, I was like, oh, I remember that one. For some reason, I did not put it on my list. Okay. My next one is The Quiet Zone by Stephen, I think it's Kurzich. Um, this is a nonfiction book and it is, um, 
set in deep in the Appalachian Mountains in the last truly quiet town in America. Green Bank, West Virginia is a place at once futuristic and old fashioned. It's home to the Green Bank Observatory where astronomers search the depths of the universe using the latest technology while school children go without Wi-Fi or iPads. With a ban on all devices um, emitting radio frequencies that might interfere with the observatory's telescopes, Quiet Zone residents live a life free from constant digital connectivity. But a community that on the surface seems idyllic is a place of contradictions where the provincial meets the seemingly supernatural and quiet can serve as a cover for something darker, obviously. Oh. So Stephen is embedded in Green Bank, making the residents of this small Appalachian village his neighbors. He shopped at the town's general store, attended church services, target, target shooting with a seven-year-old, square dance with the locals, sampled the local moonshine. In the quiet zone, he introduces us to the unforgettable cast of characters. There's a tech buster patrolling the area for illegal radio waves, uh, <laughs> a sheriff's department with a string of unsolved murder cases dating back decades, a camp of neo-Nazis plotting their resurgence from a nearby mountain hollow. Amongst them all are the ordinary citizens seeking a way of living. The author asks, is a less connected life desirable? Is it even possible? So it's investigative journalism, just sort of about this place that kind of resides at this like <laughs> intersection of technology, like observatories and space and all that. But also we can't have cell phones because you might mess with all that stuff. And then just sort of small town living. And it sounds so good. I love small town living books. Uh, my next one is My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, that's right. Pre-spooky season is also Stephen Graham Jones season. That's oh, right. well, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, uh, Stephen Graham Jones is, well, I, he, his books are incredible. He wrote The Only Good Indians last year. That was just, I remember like that one haunted my dreams the best way possible. This is described as Shirley Jackson meets Friday the 13th. Uh, it's basically an homage to slasher movies um, but with a Stephen Graham Jones twist. So the main character's name is Jade Daniels, and Jade is an angry half-Indian outcast with an abusive father, an absent mother, and an entire town that wants something to do with her. Uh, she lives in her own world, obsessively watching horror movies, especially the ones where there's a mass killer who seeks revenge on the world that wronged them. Uh, and then, as you would imagine, it starts happening in a Stephen Graham Jones book. Uh, murders actually start happening in, in the town where she's at. And so she uses her like, encyclopedic knowledge of all these things to of all these movies to basically be like, here's exactly how this plot's going to unfold. And then it sort of unfolds that way, but it ends up being a very, very different type of a killer than she would expect. And so um, that's where the Shirley Jackson part comes in. It's very, uh, yeah. So just amazing. Everything Stephen Graham Jones does is so phenomenal. So my heart is a chainsaw. Sounds delightful. The next one is How We Fall Apart by Katie Zhao. So this is a YA thriller that is Crazy Rich Asians meets One of Us is Lying. You know what that means? Ooh, go you know ahead. what that means, everyone? We are at an elite prep school and there's a murder. <laughs> we got ourselves a jail book. We got ourselves a jail book. So, uh, so Nancy is shocked when her former best friend, Jamie, top-ranked junior at Sinclair Prep, goes missing and then is found dead. Nancy is even more shocked when word starts to spread that she and her friends, Crystal, Akil, and Alexander, were the prime suspects thanks to the proctor, someone anonymously incriminating them via the school's social media app. 
I'm so glad I did not attend school when there was social media. Same. So they all used to be Jamie's closest friends and she knew each of their deepest, darkest secrets. Now, somehow the proctor knows them too. The four must uncover the true killer before the proctor exposes more than they can bear and costs them more than anything they can afford, like Nancy's full scholarship. Soon, Nancy suspects that her friends may be keeping secrets from her too. Murder at a prep school. It's everything I, I always dream of. <laughs> I know what you mean, but what a funny way of saying that. Oh, that's delightful. Um, okay, my last one is The Reading List by Sarah Nisha Adams. <clears throat> this sounds delightful, as does basically all the books. Man. Um, so we have a widower named Makesh who lives in a quiet, a quiet life in Wembley, West London. After losing his beloved wife, he shops every Wednesday, goes to temple, and worries about his granddaughter, Priya, who hides in her room reading while he spends his evenings watching nature documentaries. Uh, Alicia is a bright but anxious teenager working at the local library for a summer when she discovers a crumpled up piece of paper in the back of a To Kill a Mockingbird copy, and it's a list of novels that she's never heard of. Intrigued and a little bored with her slow job at the checkout desk, she impulsively decides to read every book on the list one after another. As each story gives up its magic, the books transport Alicia from the painful reality she's facing at home. When Mukesh arrives at that library, desperate to forge a connection with his bookworm granddaughter, Alicia passes along the reading list, hoping that it will be a lifeline for him too. Slowly, the shared books create a connection between two lonely souls as fiction helps them escape their grief and everyday troubles. Sounds just delightful. Again, another uh, book about a relationship between two people and bonus because it's all about how books help bring them together so that's the reading list by sarah nisha adams my last one is the shimmering state by meredith westgate okay there's so much about this description i love like i can't even tell you okay so lucian moves to la to be with his grandmother as she undergoes an experimental memory treatment for alzheimer's using a new drug memoroxin an emerging photographer, he's also running from the sudden death of his mother, a well-known artist whose legacy haunts him even from New York. Sophie has just landed the lead role in an upcoming performance with the Los Angeles Ballet. She still waitresses during her off hours at the Chateau Marmont, witnessing the recreational use of memoroxin or mem among the Hollywood elite. <laughs> When Lucian and Sophie meet at the center, founded by the ambitious yet conflicted Dr. Angelica Sloan to treat patients who've abused men, they have no memory of how they got there or why they feel so inexplicably drawn to one another. Is it attraction or something they cannot remember from before? Set in a city that seems to have no memory of its own, the shimmering state is a graceful meditation on the power of story and its creation. Masterfully explores memory and how it can elude us, trap us, or even set us free. Okay, y'all. Now, <laughs> there she is. I was reading this description and I was reminded of two movies that I love. First is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one, whose name, of course, is oh, Mulholland Drive, right? You got the LA, you got the memory thing. You're like, I'm not sure what's real or not. Um, and of course, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You're like, you got these two people who are like, I don't know, I feel like I met you before, but no, that's not possible. But there's like a whole memory thing happening. And I love everything about this book and I can't wait to read it. It's... <laughs> I'm I am feeling this energy today. I like it. That sounds so good. Honestly, like I am putting every one of both of our books on my TBR list. This sound just, a, it's just a fantastic month of books. Um, 
Delightful. Yeah. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you are a librarian attending Digipalooza, we will see you next week when we are doing our interview with Andy Weir. Sorry to everyone else. That is a exclusive for Digipalooza. We will not be recording that. Um, and I don't, it, there's, there's nothing else like, it's funny to say there's nothing else going on, right? Because for us, like this, like Digipalooza has basically taken over our office's life amongst a million other things. No, we... I don't think so. Um, okay. Bunch of interviews coming up that we'll tell you about later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, good times. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else though. But yeah, there's a, when I say that, I'm like, there's a bunch of interviews I'm very excited to record, but I haven't yet, so. Yeah, we've learned our lesson. And also from like, and as many people know, this isn't our actual day job. Our actual day jobs are as hectic as ever. So when we say not a lot going on, just being like, there's no book clubs right now. Right, so, so. right. Um, but yeah, lots of great books. Like I said, you can always check out all of our social medias or you can shoot us an email if you want some additional recommendations. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.